It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. Foster. Nine seconds for the win. Oh! 
if it pay if it does end up paying up paying off big time, then he'll be seen as a genius that saw this kid that nobody really gave too much hope on at least being that high of a draft pick, and so I, I think it's just a huge risk that he wants to. I mean, it's, it's going to be like a career decider for him almost. You know what's genius about the pick though? We are going to be able to tell in about three years. If it was a good pick or not. You draft a wide receiver. You draft a defensive player. All those kind of guys are supposed to perform immediately. A NFL quarterback needs time. Is at least given some leeway and is given some time to adapt. And quite frankly, you can't really start to judge Daniel Jones until he's played in the year for about three years. I mean, in the league for about three years. So... What he really just did is he bought himself time. You can't fire him now until you see what ends up happening with Daniel Jones. Because you're not going to know if he's an idiot or a genius until we see the guy play for a good amount of time. You can't judge him off a, a rookie year. I won't even know if he's going to play at all this year. So then why do we judge Josh Rosen, my guy, so much? And I know we'll get into him I later. I judge him. No, I know, I know. But I'm just saying that... I, I didn't I, judge I, no, 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 no. I'm saying that I agree that you can't judge. Court. That's what I've been saying all this time with Josh Rosen, and we're going to get into Josh Rosen later. Well, but you brought but it up, so, so not, you said what you're going to say. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you said that. I'm just saying that a lot of people tend to judge quarterbacks based off their first year, like they did with this year with Rosen, and like they did with Goff after his first year. And so I don't think you should. Right, and I, yeah, I don't think you should either. So why is it that? He has more time. Uh, Daniel Jones, is it because Eli is still there and he's not expected to jump into that starting role? Or is it just because, in general, quarterbacks shouldn't be judged after the first year? Well, just to, I don't think quarterbacks should be judged in their first year, period. But just to address the whole Josh Rosen... Josh, I can't talk. Josh, Josh Rosen uh, situation, it's because they got the new coach and the new coach likes Kyler Murray. So... You bring in the new coach in, you want to please the new coach, and he wants to switch it up, and he wants Kyler Murray. And it's a rare opportunity that you're going to have the first pick, so that's why they did it. Do I think it, it was fair to, to Josh Rosen? No. But that's what happened. Um, no, quarterback shouldn't be judged in their first year. Is Daniel Jones going to be given more leeway because Eli's still there? I don't know. Um, I think I think for sure he will. I, he's not going to be – he's not expected to – start game one like some quarterbacks that get drafted super high up um are te- are, well, are usually expected to, to. Start game one. exactly exactly and daniel jones does not have that pressure he gets to sit back and watch eli manning who is a shell of his former self i think but, but still gets time but still is a hall of fame quarterback and still gets a lot of time to develop and you know get mentored under one of the i mean a two-time super bowl champion and and I, I will say, though, with the judging quarterbacks after one year, I, I know you never said that, but you did, when we talked about Josh Rosen, you did bring up a lot that he had the worst, he had one of the worst uh, pass ratings last year. Be- because there were other quarterbacks that were rookies and were playing for their first year, and that was the only way to compare them. Yeah, but, I mean, those are... Players on better teams. Josh Allen with the Bills, I mean, that was a team that just came off being in the playoffs, which 
are, aren't that great of a team, obviously, but do still I, better than the Cardinals. Do I think Rosen could could perform well with the Dolphins? Absolutely, but off of what happened last year, I understand Rosen wasn't in the best situation, but that's the numbers that I had to go off of, and that's why if you're going to judge somebody off the first year, then yes, I, I could judge them off the first year if you're comparing them to other players, but that's not to say overarching you, you should judge players based on their first year. But, you know, with the whole Eli being able to mentor Josh Rosen thing, I think that's good because if you look at the three top quarterbacks, I'd say, in the league right now, I'd go Rodgers, Mahomes, and Brady. But, yeah, that's that's maybe not the top three, but I left Breeze out of there. But there was, like, without a doubt, three of the best quarterbacks in the league. So you look at all those guys. Mahomes took a year off, and he he studied behind Alex Smith. Pretty solid quarterback. Um, Brady was behind Bledsoe, and then and then he stepped up. Bledsoe was pretty solid. Rodgers was behind Brett Favre, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then he stepped up. So it seems to me that the trend, at least among the best quarterbacks. Uh, in the league today is that you don't just get thrown into the fire. And I understand for some people that could work. I mean, Baker, it worked out pretty well this year. Um, guy in Baltimore. Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson. But, uh, I mean, who knows? We'll see. But I heard Gettleman saying that, um, Oh, maybe we'll use the Green Bay method like what they did with Rodgers and we'll we'll have him sit for three years. Three years? Yeah, Eli Manning I heard him say that. three years. I was like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> three years? Eli can't play for three more years? You can't expect him to be the starting quarterback for the Giants for three more years? No. So, listen. Here, here I'm going to... I'm gonna, because I haven't even said what I thought about the pick yet, so I'm gonna step <laughs> up and make my pick and make what I think about it. I don't care that they got Daniel Jones. I really don't. I don't care if they got Daniel Jones. I don't care if they got Dwayne Haskins. I don't care if they got Josh Allen, and then they got some other quarterback later on at 17. I don't care. But here's the thing: he thought that that was his guy, and if he really thought that other teams were gonna pick him in between six and 17 then fine. That's who you should have gotten. If that is your guy, then that's who you should have gotten. But, you know, now he's going to be directly compared to Haskins because they're in the same division. So, Gettleman better hope that when these guys start going head-to-head in a couple years, I don't know when when Jones is going to start actually playing or being in a true form, but it seems like Haskins is going to be... Uh, Starting right away, I don't think Alex Smith is ready to come back yet from that brutal leg injury. So, when those guys go head-to-head, you're going to be able to directly compare them. And if Haskins winds up better than Jones, then he screwed up. And then he should be fired. But until then, we don't know what's going to happen with Jones. You know, I, I don't like everybody with always all the negativity uh, towards people that are drafted um, there was even some negativity towards Odell when he was drafted. And he's like, Sammy Watkins went ahead of him, and everybody was saying, 
Oh, that was nothing compared to Sammy Watkins. I don't even know where Sammy Watkins is playing anymore. Odell clearly turned out to be the better player. Then you could also always go back to the Tom Brady conversation. Sixth round pick. You could go to uh, Porzingis. When Porzingis got drafted to the Knicks, everybody was freaking out. Everybody's yelling. Everybody's yep. saying, horrible pick. Look what he turned into. Great player. It, I feel bad that Daniel Jones is getting judged this way, and he doesn't deserve it. And we should see what he could do. But then to further address Gettleman, he's saying other stuff like, oh, we're, we're trying to win this year. Stop it. Cut it out. Stop lying to the fans of New York. You're not trying to win this year. You didn't win last year when you had Odell and when you had Landon Collins and Snacks Harrison clogging up the middle, Eli Apple... You didn't win last year. So then, what have you done from that time till now? We got rid of Odell. We got back a safety, Jabril Peppers, who is not currently as good as Landon Collins. You let Landon Collins go. You got those draft picks. Who knows what those will turn out to be. And then you replaced Odell with Golden Tate. You didn't replace Snacks. Well, I guess Dexter Lawrence could be the replacement for Snacks Harrison. But who knows? What Dexter Lawrence is going to turn out to be. Snacks Harrison was a proven player and got rid of Olivier Vernon. So don't try to say that, that you're trying to compete this year and that you're trying to be good this year because it's impossible. Because you've gotten worse since last year. Call it what it is, it's a rebuild. You can't, they can't possibly, if, and if they think that they could still win if Eli Manning, then they shouldn't have gotten Daniel Jones. They should have gotten some more playmakers. If you're going to win of Eli, you need someone to be on the field when Eli... What am I saying? Daniel Jones and Eli can't be on the field at the same time. So if they really think you can win of Eli, then Jones is no help. You need to, 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 to sure up the defense. You need a better O-line, maybe some more playmakers on offense. But... Don't try to hoodwink the fans of my New York Giants, people like me, and say, "Oh, we're trying to win this year." Cut it out. Well, I don't. I don't think that they're that they necessarily think that Eli Manning is their guy that's gonna get them to those wins. I what, here's my assessment of the situation. I think that Eli. I, I think that they're giving Eli another season to see what this future Hall of Famer can do, and while also letting their new face of the future develop and have time and then once Eli starts losing I, I think just because just because I, I've talked about this before I'm just I'm so low on Eli Eli Manning I just think his time has passed I I don't think he this season I have no hope for him basically and what I think is going to happen is they he'll play about half the season and when they have when they've won when the record's sitting at two and six I think Jones will I think that's when he'll start seeing a lot more playtime and there there I, there's no chance that they're going to do anything competitive this season I don't think at least but I just think that their their goal is to a either have Eli Manning pull out some great season out of nowhere which is very unlikely or plan option B which I think is a lot more likely is that they're 
almost stalling in that they're giving him time to develop, giving Jones time to develop. And once Manning, I mean, maybe he'll, he'll play the whole season if he, if he's not terrible, but I, I don't, I, Manning is for sure at, gone after this year, especially with their, with picking up Gettleman Jones. Just Gettleman just said, Oh, maybe we'll do the three year model. We'll, we'll have, We'll have uh, Jones sit for three years. No chance. No chance of that. And if they want Eli to mentor Daniel Jones for three years, then it'll be one year max as a quarterback and then maybe two years as a quarterback I'm coach. You what, I'm just telling you what the man oh, said. I, yeah, I, I know. I know. But there's no hope that that'll happen. Brett Favre I hope was way better at this age than Eli Manning was. I don't, Brett Favre wasn't 38 years old when he was, when he was playing for the Packers. Um no he was he was he was about that age when he when he was uh yeah because he was drafted in ninety one I believe and he was about thirty seven thirty eight yeah I I think at least and so yeah he was same age and his last season his last season with the Packers better quarterback (laughs) than Manning yes and so yeah I, I Eli is not lasting more than one year. And if if he can possibly give them a good season, the Giants will be happy. If not, it's just time for Jones to be mentored, and they'll see what he can do next year. So the, then the question becomes, do you think Daniel Jones is really good NFL material? Do you think that after time, after being mentored, do you think that he'll have what it takes in like down the line to be a really good quarterback? And who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously really hard to say, but just, like, seeing some of his highlights with Duke, he does seem like he, he could be a good pro-style quarterback. The way he throws, I just I, – I have I have hopes for him, especially after giving him a year of, of mentoring. <clears throat> but, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see the Haskins versus Jones rivalry if, that, if that's what becomes the head of the, AF, the NFC East. Along with Prescott and Wentz, It'd be four young quarterbacks. Young quarterback. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be fun the next few years, and it won't. It'll be kind of weird this year. I mean, Haskins we play in, but Jones not really. But starting next year, it'll be tons of young quarterbacks in that division. It'll be really competitive, really fun. I just hope he made the right decision because if he didn't, he's setting back the the franchise even longer. I mean, yeah. if you if you look back at the Giants. Uh, wasn't this past season, but the season prior was when they weren't doing too hot, and uh, they ended. That was when McAdoo was still coaching them, and they en- and he ended Eli's streak. Remember, they they started Geno yep. Smith, and then yep. everybody thought, "Oh, that's that's it. That's the last time we're going to see Eli, Eli play." Mm-hmm. Right, and then the next season comes, and he plays the whole season pretty much, and then I was saying. And I understand that they, they didn't draft um, a quarterback and they drafted Saquon instead. A lot of people criticize them for that, but I don't really mind it. I think Saquon's a generational talent, and I think he's an amazing player, and as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be an awesome asset to our team. And I think that was the right pick. They picked the, the best player in the draft. But now you have to start looking at so that. But what that did was it pushed back the the process so now hopefully jones will turn out all right we'll see 
So who's going to have the better season this year out of the quarterbacks drafted? I mean, it's it's basically between Haskins and Murray. But who do you think? Because I... Haskins. I agree. I think I think Haskins, just because he's on a... <clears throat> he's on a... Good Redskins team. Skins were pretty good last year. Yeah, and they, they were they were trying to push and make a playoff run, and and they they might have made the playoffs if it wasn't for Alex Smith's injury. Right, and yeah, I mean they were didn't they start off super hot? They had like won a ton of games right away, and then they kind of they were fell in first place at some point, and then after Smith got hurt, the Eagles and the uh, right. And the Cowboys, Cowboys just kind of came in to pick up the scraps. Right, and so that's a good Redskins team, and I think Haskins. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say good. They're, they're decent. They're pretty good. Well, I I think there's a lot of a lot better than the of hope with yeah. And so obviously we both agree that Haskins will have the better season. He's got he's on the better team. But who do you think, relative to their team, is going to be a bigger impact or not bigger impact, but have a better season based off of the teams that they're on, whereas like the Cardinals. Obviously, are not very. They were the worst team in the league last year, and they're not going to be a whole lot better this year. Do you think Kyler will have a better season in than Dwayne Haskins in that regard? You mean in terms of like, like changing, like a change in the record from the previous season? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I I gotta go Kyler on that one just because they're not really. They're at such a low ceiling already. If they do, if he does anything good, you know they're going to be significantly better than they were last year. Uh, Dwayne, I mean, I forget what what the Skins finished on last year, but it was it was more of a in the middle record. So, right. I mean, you know, rookie being a rookie quarterback is hard. Um, I don't know, Kyler. Mar- a lot of the problems with Josh Rosen was that the O line wasn't that good. And uh, he was under a lot of stress all the time, and that's really tough on a rookie quarterback. So I don't know if they've made moves to uh, sure up the O-line, but if they haven't already, they, they should really work on that because Kyler Murray's, you know, if that guy starts getting beaten up, you know, he's not the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. So there goes your number one pick if he gets hurt. Yeah. Um, David Johnson didn't perform last year like he should have. I know it was out of my fantasy team. Drafted him third overall. Big mistake. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. Um, that could be attributed to the problems of the O-line. But regardless, you know. I honestly, I honestly think that Kyler will have a pretty decent impact. But just you think Dwayne's gonna have a big impact? I think Dwayne will have a bigger impact, and I can see this Redskins team fighting for one of those last wild card spots. And for one thing, I just Haskins looks like he's more built as a quarterback to jump into the NFL action right away, whereas Kyler, I think it'll take a little more time. And I think that Kyler has to play in a more difficult um, division than Haskins because I feel like with the Redskins and the NFC East, I feel like the teams are a lot closer uh, talent-wise, whereas the NFC West Eagles with the, the Cowboys Cardinals, are pretty good. They are, they are, but... I don't think they're that much better than the Redskins. And, I mean, the Redskins were on top of them last year until Smith went out. And so, All right. and then when you look at the NFC West, you got um, the Seahawks, who are good every year. I mean, they they missed out on the, didn't they? I think they missed out on the playoffs last year. 
Either that or they're a low wild card. They didn't do much postseason-wise last year, but they're always good. And we have the NFC champion Rams. And then we have the 49ers who just picked up Bosa in the draft. And, I mean, that'll be another interesting team to watch. But I, I don't think – I think he'll obviously have a – I think he'll have a better season than – not obviously, but I think he'll have a better season than Rosen did last year. But I think Haskins will have the, the bigger impact. Are you so positive about that? Positive that Haskins will have a better season? No, that that um, Murray's going to have a, be- a better season than Rosen. I think the what? Cardinals – the what? Cardinals had three wins last year, didn't they? Okay. I think the Cardinals had three wins. I think wins. I think they could. I think they might win four or five. So yes, I'm not by much. I, I think it'd be hilarious if after all this this noise about the new coach coming in, what is his name, Kingsbury? Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my guy Kyler Murray, uh, and then it just it just doesn't work out, and then Rosen starts playing well for the Dolphins. I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, let, let's move into Rosen just a little bit. And if you guys, those that listen to our show, you know Josh Rosen comes up a lot. But I love to talk about him. And I, he's Isaiah's favorite player. Right? <laughs> Last week I, he said that, that he's a new and improved Tom Brady. I did not. Yeah, whatever. We're not getting into that. I mean, technically you did. No, you did I did not. And that is, that's when I thought he was going to go to the Patriots. It's a direct quote. <laughs> but so Josh Rosen... As a lot of you might have seen, got traded to the Dolphins last week, and honestly, if you're Josh Rosen, I mean you're you're excited to be on a team where you where you're not like overlooked because you have because the card whereas with the Cardinals they just picked up the number one uh, prospect in the draft who was a quarterback, so he's excited to be on a new team. I think, but the problem is he's moving to a Dolphins team where he was coming from the Cardinals, who had the last-ranked offensive line in the NFL last season, and he's moving up to the Dolphins, who had the second-to-last-ranked offensive line in the NFL. Hey, making improvements. (laughs) Technically, yes, but that's really because the Cardinals were the very worst, and there had to be anyone is better, and they happened to go... He happened to go to the team that was literally almost as bad as the Cardinals when it comes to the offensive line. But I just think that's really unfortunate for Rosen because I, I, I have a lot of hope for the guy. But I think a lot of his problems last year came from a horrible offensive line and as well as not having as many receiving targets besides Larry Fitzgerald. And so the fact that he's moving to a team with just with almost as bad of an offensive line is kind of devastating. They The Dolphins picked up two line two pretty promising looking linemen in the draft with pretty high picks. I think it was the second and fourth pick. So they are trying to address the problem, but I'm just hoping that he has more of a chance this year to break out of his shell. They, the Dolphins also picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I don't, I, I'm thinking Rosen's probably going to be the starter. I doubt that Ryan, I mean, Fitzpatrick had those couple games last year, if you remember, where everyone was super excited about him for like four or five weeks and that fell apart yeah he's not the dolphins are smart they're not going to start fitzpatrick and i i I am pretty confident in that Uh, i know fitzpatrick isn't of the caliber of of a manning or a or a Favre or a smith or a bledsoe but do you think josh rosen could benefit from being under a veteran player and and learning this year because he kind of got thrown into the fire last year yeah i mean 
Well, I think that he'll benefit from having Fitzpatrick on the team, but I don't think he would really benefit from being the backup watching Fitzpatrick. I don't, cause just because Fitzpatrick, I mean, before last season, I most most NFL fans... You know the name Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I mean, what what had he really done before? And then last year he won four or five games right away, and that was the end of that. So I think it would be good to have an older quarterback that's had a lot of experience on the team, and I, I just think that's good, you know, in the locker room and just learning what like in his development as an NFL quarterback. But I still think that Rosen should be the starter. Just he's already had a year of experience now, and I he's a better quarterback than Fitzpatrick. I just, I mean, the way he can move, the way he can throw the ball, I just, I'm a big Rosen fan, and I don't think that they would benefit by having Fitzpatrick playing. I'm with you. And so, it, it'll be exciting, too, because the Dolphins have two really good receivers, one of which is one of my favorite to watch, Kenny Stills, and they also have Devontae Parker, and so I think they... I think I mean it's a bit, it's a better team than the Cardinals were last year. They were they were seven they were seven and nine. They were they were second right behind. Uh, I mean four games back from the Patriots in a week at AFC East, but nevertheless they were they right. were all right. Right, and that's with all the quarterback drama they had with Osweiler, Tannehill, and yeah. and I mean that's in a tough AFC East or not tough AFC East but tough AFC, and so I yeah I. I think that he could if, if they can figure out that offensive line I think that he could have a pretty good season so watch out and do we have any more NFL draft talk or you want to move into the NBA I mean not unless if you have anything else you want to talk about about the draft not really um let's move into a little NBA action so lots of Fun series going on right now um, with the Eastern and Western Conference semifinals, um, and I and they've been pretty competitive. I think they're are they all one and one except for the Warriors Rockets. Well, uh, the Nuggets and uh, Portland are yet to play yeah, the second Nuggets, game. Yep. Which I think the Trailblazers right win. Well, I think the Trailblazers win, so then it'll be one and one. You think the Trailblazers are going to win tonight? Yes, I disagree. Really? Really. <laughs> Why do you think that? I think the Nuggets are going to win the series, and they're going to get their two at home. And how many? I don't know. Probably like five or six. Blaze is up right now. Eight-point lead. Eight-point lead. <laughs> and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't looking at the score, but I don't care. I'll still stick by it. I think Nuggets are going to pull this one out. So do you still think it'll be a Nuggets, Warriors, and then Bucks and Raptors? Yeah. What about you? I'm still with my one one versus threes. I think it's I still like Warriors versus Trailblazers and uh, Bucks did, versus Sixers. When did that happen? Last week I said Trailblazers are uh, gonna win this series. I might series. have heard Trailblazers. I don't remember Sixers. Oh, I've had Sixers since the beginning. Oh yeah. Yeah, remember I, I before I the playoffs. Paying, paying no, uh, before the playoffs started, I said. I believe you. I said my, my Sixers point. Bucks will go to seven games All in the right. Eastern Conference Finals. And then the Bucks will win. Okay. And I'm sticking by that. So. Okay. And I will say the I don't know what happened the to the Sixers are getting no reduction. But I mean they won last night on the road or whenever that was two nights ago. Two nights yeah, ago. Yeah, they won these. Jimmy Butler put up thirty, but then you have 
Tobias Harris is supposed to be your your big acquisition. Puts up nine points. Joel Embiid, your all star, puts up twelve, and then Ben Simmons puts up six points. They can't. And it, oh man, I don't. The Sixers, man. I don't even know what their problem is. I don't. I don't. I don't think that'll keep up though. I think that was just a one game. Jimmy Butler went off. But, I, I, I don't think that's... Ma- you can't... If you're Ben Simmons, you cannot allow oh, I, yourself I to be outscored by Greg Monroe on your team. <laughs> Even know how old Greg Monroe <laughs> is or how far out of his prime. That's ridiculous. <laughs> now, look, Simmons also had seven boards and five assists, but ne- nevertheless, that's like... Come on, man. Step up into the playoffs. It's because, it's because Simmons is afraid of Kawhi. He should be. Kawhi's the claw. Kawhi's been playing awesome. Yeah, gonna, but that's why that's why they're gonna win the series because they have the better player. They have because they have one. They have the better player, one singular. Yeah, the but then player. you have Lowry's out playing. Lowry's scoring more than Simmons. You got Siakam is playing really well. See, here's my thought. I believe that the Sixers are just. I I just think they have more weapons. They have. They do. They're, but they're, they're more well rounded. They do. I know. This is what I've been talking about. If you look on paper and you look at the Sixers, you say, oh, wow, they have a lot of great players. You have a hobbled Joel Embiid who keeps complaining about his knee. You have Ben Simmons who can't shoot the ball and is scared of Kawhi Leonard. And then Tobias Harris is like an upper-tier role-player kind of guy. And Jimmy Butler's good, but, like, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah, okay, this so far this series they have not played their best. I'll give them the Sixers haven't played their best, but I mean you look at the Raptors and this is why I think I I think the win I think the Sixers win the series. It's not necessarily that the Sixers are way better than the Raptors. I've just never been high up on the Raptors. I mean besides Siakam and Leonard, you have Lowry put up twenty last night, but he's not that great. And who else is on the team? I mean, nobody else Danny can do Green, anything. Marcus Gasol, three Serge points, Ibaka. five points, three points. I mean, these yeah, guys they, aren't. They perform. That's why they too. lost. Right. And so, so those guys start putting up their their normal numbers, and there you go. Right. Raptors but, win. Yeah, but you can make the same argument about the Sixers. Though their guys start putting yeah, up but they're numbers. Show artists, man. No, this is the same. It's the same this thing. Is the same. This is the same team that that lost to. Uh, the Celtics last year without Kyrie when they have all their young guys of Jason T- being led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like Jason Tatum, I, I don't even know. I don't think he has 10 points in the whole series no. already against the Bucs this, this, this year. Different season, different team. No. It's the same two guys, isn't it? No. Those are their two All-Stars. No. No, 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 no. It's a different team, but those are their, those are their two All-Stars. Who? who for who? Embiid. Yeah, and Simmons. No, yeah, but they also have Harris. They have Butler, Reddick. I mean, okay, watch them lose. No, they are not going to lose. And listen, they are. No, no, no. L- hear me out. Hear me out. So Raptors. I'm saying season series. So you said that they're that besides Jimmy Butler, their their other wep- They have more weapons, but they have not been performing. And then you said the same thing that if the Raptors, uh, other players start performing, that then they'll win. And yes, it's the exact same thing with the Sixers. If their other players will start performing, they'll win. And the Sixers have the their other players are way better. I mean, you're comparing Tobias Harris to Danny Green. Tobias Harris is way better. And Marcus Gasol versus 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if you're saying if you were trashing on Embiid, but Embiid is way better than Marcus Gasol. So these other players that you're talking about for the Raptors, yes. If I mean, obviously, if they play better, then they're gonna win. Same thing for the Sixers. If their other players play better, they're gonna win. But the Sixers' other players are way better than the Raptors' other players, which is why I think the Sixers will win. They have better. I mean, yeah, it'll come down to whoever as a team can is gonna is gonna play better overall. And I just think the Sixers have more weapons that they will be the team that'll play better overall. They do, but they don't know how to use them. What and, What does that mean? What do you mean they don't know how to use them? <laughs> I'm telling you, these guys. We talked about it earlier. I don't. I don't have the stat anymore. We talked about it earlier on in the year. I had. Remember that stat I had that. Introducing smart dogs. Remember that stat I had that the the Sixers were like one and seven against the Raptors, the Bucks, and the Celtics. They can't win these big games. I don't know what it is. I know their team looks good. If I looked at both the teams and I've never seen either of them play, I'd say the Sixers are going to win. I'd say the Sixers are probably going to win the Eastern Conference if you just looked at the, at the team. Because it looks like a great team. But for some reason, they, they, they're not... I'm telling you, they're not going to be able to get it done. Kawhi is going to take over the series. He's going to ball out. He's great role players with him, Siakam. They play well together. Uh, I mean, we're, I don't think we're going to agree. We're just going to agree to disagree, but <laughs> well, here, here, only time will tell. Here's my thought with that stat, though. Okay, obviously one stat. The one in seven. I don't versus... know if that's a. It was something. It was something bad. You remember when we talked? Yeah, about it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we were talking early playoff predictions, like back. A month and a half ago, and I and I pulled out that number. I don't have it anymore, but it was something. It was something not too good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a bad looking stat. You don't want to be one and seven against the other top teams in your conference. But this is my thought on it. I think of any sport where the regular season, where regular season performance against those against those other teams matters at least. I think it's the NBA because the way teams play in the regular season. I mean. Half the time, I'm sorry, they don't really try. And obviously, those bigger games, they might try a little bit more. But the the difference between the NBA regular season and the NBA playoffs is so much greater than I think in any other sport. And so I don't I don't like that stat because the way that they're gonna play in the playoffs is gonna be way different. I mean, they are able to see that even though they lost all those games, they're able to play against those teams and see what the see how they are against them even when they're not trying as much and then they go into the playoffs and it's just a complete it's like a whole new season so i i don't think that stat really matters personally that's how i feel about the nba honestly it's just that the difference when they go to the playoffs is that much greater and so again sixers i I don't care about the regular season records against those teams i think I, I i still like them a lot they're trying in the regular season they want to get a higher seed so they could have more home court advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they try during the... I'm not saying they don't try at all, but, I mean, you watch... Listen, some, these guys... The, NBA these season's guys... way too long, for one thing, and those, I mean, half the games, I just feel like players are rest, are sitting out more just to rest, whatever that means, and I just don't think that they're putting quite the effort as, you know, like, NFL teams. Like, NFL games, every game matters, whereas in 
and I mean obviously MLB is a whole different game because it's a hundred there's 162 ball games but I just think NBA the season's way too long it, it drags on as it gets into February March I mean those bigger games they're going to try more than when they play the worst team in the conference but it's still just not as important I don't think they're obviously when it comes down the stretch they're obviously going to fight more to get the better playoff spot but still I just I don't I don't think that stat really matters all right. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'd excited. love for them to prove me wrong, but here's what I'm saying. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> I don't. In order for them, in order for the Seventy Sixers to win, they need Embiid and Simmons to go off. Simmons is getting covered by Kawhi Leonard, one of the most premier defenders in the league, and then Joel Embiid is hobbled with his bad knee, and he's down low against guys like Gasol and Ibaka. Which I don't care what you say about Gasol and Ibaka. They're big boys, and they know how to play defense in the paint. So we'll see what happens. But I'm telling you, Toronto's winning this series. All right. And I, and I don't think it'll be – I think it'll be close. It's, it's definitely not going to be a blowout. It's going to go six or seven, but the Sixers are going to edge them out. Just, just you wait and see. Yeah. And we'll still – I mean, we'll still be around next week. So we'll see how this is updated and, and – I Seven would days. love for this series to be over in Toronto's favor <laughs> next Wednesday so I could come on this show and say, I told you so. <laughs> I told see. you so. We will see. We will All see. All right, let's go on to the other series. All right. Um, Celtics-Bucks, that was that was pretty crazy that first game. I don't really know. That, that Bucks team did not look the same as they did against the Pistons or just how they have this entire season. I don't know what, what got into them. They looked... Just totally out of it, and I mean, and it was close for a while, but and and it wasn't that it wasn't all on their not playing to their usual level because Kyrie Irving did go off. I mean, I don't know how many points he had, but he was not missing shots, and I don't. The Bucks just kind of lost it, but I think they kind of figured it out because they they went on to win the next game at home by twenty. They were up and, thirty at one point. They put in their. They put in their. They were up thirty in the fourth quarter. They put in their right. secondary players. And that's right. why it was. That's why it was twenty. I mean, it was two completely made, different games. But they made the most uh, threes that they've ever had in franchise history in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. The Bucks. Yeah. So, I think the Bucks are going to win the series because they're. I still believe they're a better team, and I think Giannis is the best player in the East. The first game, they definitely defended them really well. You know, I was watching the game with my uh, my friend Cam. He's a big Boston Celtics fan, and we were watching the game. And when you watch, Giannis would catch the ball, and and all of a sudden, all five guys on the Celtics would be looking right at Giannis, and they'd start to like kind of converge into the paint. And Giannis didn't have a good game one, and Kyrie had a great game, and. We saw a lopsided victory by the Celtics. But now, second game comes, and the Bucks were lighted up from outside. So I don't know if keying in too much inside caused them to have weaker defensive coverage on the outside. But it's, you know, it's like pick your poison. If you if you don't cover the inside, Giannis right. is going to drive on you, and he's going to be the animal in the paint. Which, by the way, he still was, regardless of whatever their especially in the, the second game he was still going off. He was drawing fouls. He yeah. was getting in there. He was he was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think he had 29. He had a, he had a great game. 
went to the free throw line a number a of times, which is a lot. Which, which is what he did against the like Pistons. Over ten. Yeah, which is what he did against the Pistons every single game. There's something you could do against that guy. Right. The, the, the Celtics don't have anyone to match up. I mean, Horford, yeah, he, he did well game one, but when Giannis is ahead of steam and he's just getting into the paint, he's just running into people like a battery ram. He's going to bounce off people and draw contact and get some foul calls. Right. Which which is not a, it's not a bad strategy either to foul him every time he... I'm, Basically, every time he goes down, because he's not the best free throw shooter. I mean, he'll miss a good amount of them. Well, you're gonna have to you're in the foul trouble then. But exactly, that's the that's the problem. So you got to keep him out of the paint in the first place, which is which is not, not easy possible. at all. And I mean, Horford had that one big block. I don't know if you saw that, that was in game, game one. one. That was that was pretty ex- exciting, but I don't think you'll see much of that. Giannis and, got uh, that's Giannis rare. got mad in game two. Giannis yeah. went off, but I will say. That this, I still believe this is going to be a good series because if you look, Kyrie did very little in. Um, forget what his exact numbers were, but he did he did not play well in game two. So that was a big factor. So I don't think. I mean, I, I'm still sticking by my my Bucks are going to the NBA Finals claim, but this it's very hard to tell how the series is going to go based off the first two games because. One one game was totally lopsided, and the other game was totally lopsided in the other mm-hmm. direction, and it was for different reasons on for each team. Yeah, I I, I think this I think it'll go six to the Bucks. Um, I mean, it was obviously exciting for the Celtics to win that first game on the road, and I mean it gives you a lot of hope. And I know I've been proven wrong this whole year about the Celtics because I trashed on them like two months ago. And then they went on to prove me wrong to get the fourth seed and then sweep in the first round of the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I think the road ends here even after that big win. I think the series will also go one and one um, in here in Boston. And then I think this, I think the Bucks will take over from there and win the next two. I mean, they, they, the Celtics looked really good in that first game, but game two, the Bucks just reminded everyone who they are. And... I, I think I just think that first game where they acted like not like themselves, I just think that's too much of a rarity. And and I, I think it'll go six, and I think that's kind of given a lot to the Celtics. Um, I think they'll be able to take them down one more time. But, but yeah, the Bucks are too good. They're, they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm sorry, but... Tatum is a non-factor. He had four points in game one and five points in game two. This is the guy that everybody was saying is going to be the face of the Celtics franchise going forward. I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah. That, you know, what's so great about the Celtics is that they have all these great, you know, they have Kyrie, which is obviously their their star, and he has to put up numbers for them to win. But then there's so many different options. You know, Jalen Brown could score, could score, Tatum could score, Morris could score, Horford could score, Hayward could score, Rozier could score. All those guys could score, but they're not getting it done right now. There's no spark. Morris has been playing well. Horford's been playing well. Brown's been playing pretty well, but Hayward and, and Tatum have to step it up, man. That's the only way. That, that's why they're all there. They have a deep team, and they're not taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I just, they are, I mean, they do have a lot of weapons, but it's just, it just always seems like the the Bucks are just bigger than everyone. They and are. 
and better shooters than everyone. And it's just, even even if you have a lot of weapons, there's just not anyone that quite has the size and shooting capability of the Bucks. So I just, it's tough. I mean, it, it, I don't know how they've gotten here to this point of being this good, but I, they're dangerous. And good for the Celtics for that one win. And I'm saying good for them for winning one of the next two games, which I think will happen. But it, it ends here. I think the Celtics have too many mouths to feed. Honestly. I mean, this is the team that was led by Tatum and, and Brown last offseason all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And granted, that was a weaker East, but now you have all these guys playing all at once, and I feel like they can't figure out who's supposed to, who's supposed to score. I think, I mean, I've been hearing a lot of rumors about Kyrie leaving. I think if he leaves... Maybe get rid of some of the other role players and and add a star or like try to add two stars at once and try to get it to be more of a of a star power team because all these role players it's like they're they're picking for scraps. I, I don't yeah I don't know what to say about them. Everyone everyone thought they were going to come out of the East at the beginning of the season. And yeah, that's true. They were number doesn't one. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Not much more to be said. Uh, let's move to the West. We got Warriors versus Rockets. Those have both been fun games. Both been down to the wire. Um, I mean Curry versus Harden. I, that's just such a great matchup to watch. But it was that last that game last night was just crazy. I mean the Rockets kept it close most of the time, but there were the injuries, the grotesque looking finger. For from uh, Curry, and then he comes back in and becomes Curry, and Harden gets stabbed in the eye. Basically, comes back in and becomes Harden, and they both go off. Um, I mean, the Rockets looked really competitive on the road. It's unfortunate that they had to that they ended up losing both those games because they fought so hard against the top team in the West. Um, I think there's some hope for them at home to make some noise. And I, I just – this is also, though, kind of the same thing with the Bucks. The Warriors just looked a little too good. And I still have the Warriors beating out the Rockets. But I, I do think that they'll definitely make it competitive at home. Um, and win, they'll take a couple games. Maybe. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The Warriors are going to win. This – this line, this starting line that they had um, last night was awesome. Hamptons five, Durant, Iguodala, Green, Thompson, Curry. You know, years ago they talked about that. You know, them going small, and that's how they would play against the Cavs, like their death lineup. And that's when they had uh, Harrison Barnes, Iguodala, Green, Thompson, and Curry. So they basically took that lineup, which was. An awesome lineup that won like the seventy three win most wins yep. in a uh, an NBA season, and you traded out Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant, who was infinitely better than Harrison Barnes. <laughs> so it's like it's just unbelievable. It's not they lost Cousins, but it doesn't even matter because Iguodala's proven that he's still a great player. He sixteen points last night, five boards, four assists. But it's, it's not even in the stat line. You've, if you're just watching the game, he's affecting so much on the defensive end. He's a great defensive player. He, They were getting all these offensive boards, and him and Draymond were playing off of each other. 
that's what that's a a big concern for me for the Rockets. How are they getting out rebounded by that small lineup when they have Capella out yeah. there? Yeah. I was watching the game last night. So many offensive boards for the Warriors. Unbelievable. Capella, that's like their one advantage. They have an actual center. Mm-hmm. After yeah, Boogie went yep, down, yep. the Warriors don't even have they don't have a real center. I don't know, you know, I've been hearing things about uh the Rockets maybe going to a smaller lineup themselves and, and taking Capella out of the starting lineup and putting inserting in a a uh smaller player that's quicker and to be able to keep up with all these other guys, but I feel like they could really use Capella to their advantage and work the post. There's nobody on the Warriors that should be able to stop Capella. Yeah. Especially from getting no boards. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, though, the Warriors only had four more rebounds than the Rockets did. And the Rockets had uh, more on defense. But I think the big killer was that the Warriors did have 18 offensive boards compared to the Rockets' 10. And if, if you're giving the Warriors... Multiple opportunities on offense, you're not going to win the game. They're going to make it. If they don't make the first, the second's for sure it's going. Gotta, when you're playing against the Warriors, it's got to be one and done. Right. So got to get those boards. I mean, they only got out-rebounded by four, but they should be out-rebounding the Warriors by at least four if they want to win. So They can't get out-rebounded if they want to They're supposed to be a bigger team. Right. So anyway, they'll go back home and... They'll make it competitive. I'm I'm sure they will. But, yeah, I mean, the Warriors are just, again, just too many weapons. They're just too good, so. Yeah, and Harden's not, not playing like he was during the regular season. I know we got poked in the eye and all, but yeah. even throughout even throughout the, the whole playoffs so far this year, he's not putting up the same numbers. Mm-hmm. Scoring I, less, his field goal percentage is less. Yeah, and I mean, the I mean, if you look at the stats from last night, the whole the whole starting lineup scored in double digits. So, I mean, you could say, like, oh, they had a good, well-rounded team effort there, but I think that was mostly just because Harden sat out a bit and was a little limited due to his injury. Um, because, I, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're going to need Harden to perform like he did in the regular season and have the rest of the team still put up those numbers. Even with Hart, I mean, I I've always thought for a long time Harden needs to pass more. I mean, he had four assists last night. I think six assists the, the night before. Um, because I mean, obviously these other guys on the starting lineup can score, and I mean when he's not in, those guys all of a sudden start scoring. So they need to figure that out. They need to move the ball around more. And I mean, because if you look at the stats from the game one, Harden had a lot of points, which is great. But the rest of the team. Yeah, the numbers shooting aren't a great percentage. Just... He's shooting like thirty three percent from the field in the playoffs so far. This, this playoffs. He, but that's D'Antoni's style. That's the that's their thing. It's Harden with this at the three point line iso ball. Try to shake a defender and shoot a three. That's their offense. Yeah, and it worked out well in the regular season, but What's I don't think that, I don't think that kind season. of stuff could work in the playoffs. Right. If you look at the past NBA champs, Warriors, Cavs, Spurs, you don't see that kind of style of play where guys are just, there's, there's one player on the team that's just flowing around. Like, every time Harden gets the ball pretty much, you know what he's going to do. You look, 
when you're watching it, the shot clock's getting lower, but it's a, if, like, Harden catches the ball and the shot clock's at 10, you pretty much know that he's going to dance around the three-point line and try to shoot up a, a, a three. And, yeah, they go in a lot of times. That's great. That's how he gets his points. But you, you got to play team basketball in the playoffs. You look at the Warriors. If they wanted, if Kevin Durant wanted to, he could just get the ball every time and, and he could try to score. If that would Curry, not work. Exactly. You know, well, I, I, yeah, exactly. But and anyway, Durant's a better scorer than Harden, but that's a different story. Um he's more weapons, but Curry you know, Curry probably shot the ball more when it was it was just him and Clay. And he had to do he had to do more from but he realized that there's more players in the team. And I understand it's not fair to compare the two teams because the Warriors have so many more weapons, but I'm just trying to make the point that you need like some kind of team ball, some some moving the ball around, uh, a team effort to to win these. I've never seen a team win an NBA champion of somebody iso balling at the top of the three point line right. and trying to shake a defender and just shoot threes the whole game. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he, if Harden learned to, you know, like. I mean, he's gotten so many people thinking now that he's going to shoot every time because he basically is. That if he started faking people out and passing the ball and having his teammates score, which they obviously can, then then you have a whole different story. Then they're going to be more competitive and win some more playoff games. But until that happens, yeah, they're not going to win the series. It kind of reminds me of, of Carmelo Anthony when he used to be on the Knicks. Carmelo Anthony would... He'd back down to the he'd, he'd uh back down to the defender. He'd get the ball in like the high post, and then he'd dribble a couple times and he tried to take some kind of fadeaway shot. And that's like what Carmelo Anthony did all the time. And if you look at, and I understand the best player on the team's got to take m- most of the shots, but not to the extent that it used to be for Carmelo. And then he would start to miss him, and he, that's why I was never the biggest Carmelo fan. And I think that he was not good for the Knicks, and that's why. They never ended up really doing anything when he was there, but that's a different story. But that's the kind of stuff that I'm seeing in Harden. But you think he's Harden's gonna be on the same path if he doesn't learn to be a little bit more of a team player? I think a lot of what's gonna happen in the future of the West depends on how free agency goes this off season. Yeah, that's true. Because all of a sudden, if you have Harden going up against a Warriors team without Durant, and maybe you know Thompson's going to be a free agent too. If those guys both leave, all of a sudden it might—I don't know—Harden might be licking his chops. And if they add some more players, I, I think it's too early to to write him off. I mean, it didn't work out for Melo, as we all know, but I—he might be able to win that. And I—I I know it's it's. It's easy to be critical because you're because we're watching it unfold, but he's going up against the greatest team of all time every single every single year. That's who he needs to get past in the West. Mm-hmm. So once that team gets broken up, like I think it will this off season, maybe they they will win and maybe the ISO ball will be effective. Who knows? But I mean, they they just it's so hard for them. To, it's amazing that they pushed it to a game seven last year. I mean, we gotta. We got to see what happens in the off season to start to make those kind of determinations. I agree. Yeah, it's going to be a big off season. And finally, the last series we have is the Blazers and the Nuggets. Um, just real quick, 
Blazers are up Blazers 11 right now. right now. I mean, it's only the second quarter. I'm going to go back and watch the game. Yeah. I'll text you when, when the Nuggets win. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm just excited to see the Blazers take take on the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. It'll, that'll be a fun series. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, I mean, the Nuggets, they look good in that first game. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, especially having come off of uh, just playing a game, a very interesting game seven, and the Blazers had a lot of rest. Uh, the Nuggets still got the win, which was, I mean, that was good for them, but Blazers are up now. I think they'll take it tonight. I think they'll go back home tied 1-1, and I think they'll take the series. All right. We'll and, see. And just real quick with the Nuggets, reminding me, the end of that Spurs-Nuggets game, I don't, I don't think uh, that Spurs-Nuggets game seven, I don't think anyone would disagree with me, but I, I, the Spurs being down by four in game seven of a playoff series, and the Nuggets have the ball with – 26 seconds left and a full shot clock and they don't foul i i was enraged watching that and i'm not a spurs or a nuggets fan as a basketball fan i was enraged that they would just i i I don't know what they were thinking i don't know if they thought like jr smith that the score was different than it really was or what what was going on but i was i was mad about that that they looked like they gave up they they missed they got blocked on the drive before, and then they seemed like, oh, I mean, down by four, 25 seconds, it's over. And so that was, I don't, that was crazy. I don't think they were necessarily get meaning to give up. I just think they were, they, I don't know, brain fart. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it couldn't have been a brain fart. They know what was happening. They knew it was. They happening. had to, but I mean, they didn't foul down by four. I, I don't know how that happens. Yeah, I don't. That was very strange. I don't even have anything to say about that. That right. was just. Weird. Uh, All right. We're at the end of our show. We are having our last show of the semester next week. Same time, Wednesday, 9 o'clock. Thank you for tuning in to The Extra Point. Good night.